0: Hey guys, it's Justine Lee here with VetGirl. I know you guys are usually used to hearing medical content on our VetGirl podcast, and I will say that this is a blog that our chief happiness officer, Janine Moga, a licensed social worker, wrote for us. And in disclosure, this blog was actually written a few days before the death of George Floyd. It happened in my own hometown of Minneapolis, St. Paul, and it's rocked our world. His death at the hands of Minneapolis police officers became the flashpoint for widespread civil unrest over racial injustice. And as a result, the anguish, anger, and trauma that are palpable for so many folks right now aren't reflected in what I'm about to read. But I thought this information from Janine Mogo was really important because it's about how we're running on fumes right now. And between COVID-19 and his death, it's just been really hard here. So I'm hoping this advice will help you adjust for the long race. The urgency and importance of this situation don't go unnoticed, and we have to acknowledge the painful realities of the multiple crises that we're all facing right now. If it feels like too much, it's because it is. And yet, I encourage you to engage the collective conversation about what it means to be human and humane, to bear witness to one another in our wholeness and our brokenness and how to heal when trust is neither granted nor afforded to those labeled as other. Please be safe, listen deeply, stand in your strength when you're able, rest and reach for support when you're not, and above all else, be kind to yourself and to others. A colleague and I have been talking a lot lately about exhaustion, and not just the kind that comes from too much to do with too little energy with the kind of vital exhaustion that comes from prolonged exposure to high levels of stress and distress. I bet many of us are feeling something akin to the kind of exhaustion that endurance racers experience towards the end of a race, when every fiber of their being is screaming for rest and recovery, but there's still miles left to complete. Yes, endurance can be built, but it also has its limits, and many folks have hit the proverbial wall thanks to the combination of COVID-19, community trauma and grief, civil unrest over racial injustice, and the heaping dose of social-political polarization. On the best days, our best selves may be limping towards the nearest mile marker and fumes. Any of these things are enough in and of themselves to cause irritability Anxiety, despair, and a smattering of stress related symptoms. Together, though, they're powerful and a potentially toxic cocktail. The first flush of any crisis can inspire action, mobilize energy and resources, and actually push people forward. But we are months into a pandemic, and there's no discernible end in sight. For us to stay the course as veterinary practitioners and humans will require significant attention to the long race. So, What can be done to help improve your long race? Here are a couple of ideas. Number one, obey your biology, dear human. Most of us don't understand just how exhausted we are and just how fraught our daily lives have become until pain is registering in multiple systems. Our personal interactions are strained, our bodies ache, our work relationships have become distant or draining. Interestingly, the brain has no pain fibers, so it manifests pain as confusion, inattention, emotional mobility, and cognitive overwhelm. When your biology is giving you data, I implore you to stop what you're doing and listen with compassion. Identify the pain points and give to yourself just a bit more of what you so desperately need. A moment to reflect, a stretch, a nap, a long drink, a balanced meal, or a hug. Two. Feel the feels, all of them. Recognizing that emotions are part of our complex regulation system makes them a little bit less daunting to work with. Emotions are data that carry the energy of action tendency, nothing more, nothing less. So when we're struggling with the darker side of our emotional experience, it can be powerful to just name it and feel it. Allow the grief, the rage, the fear to wash over you, but resist the urge to gripe. Watching our own emotions fall, Rise and recede is a tool from the mindfulness toolbox that reminds us that most experiences and situations are impermanent, and we always have a choice in our response. Feel the feeling, then ask it what it wants you to both know and do. Three, stop trying to make sense out of the senseless things. It's a waste of energy, and periods of prolonged distress require energy conservation. Some things are just awful and confusing and downright unfair. Resist the impulse to wind yourself around senseless things that you cannot control, a skill otherwise called radical acceptance. Then proceed to number four. Number four, do something that increases your sense of control. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. And all of us can do something right now, all of us. This isn't a time for perfection and overachievement though. It's a time for realistic action rooted in your values, your skills, and your personal ethic of care. Focus on riding your own ship in order to restore your sense of power and agency. From there, you are in a better position to contribute wise and aligned action directed at serving others who need you. Five, remember where there is meaning, there is hope. Exercise physiologists often note that pain is a signal of tissue breakdown and this breakdown is a precursor to building stronger tissue. Sometimes though, the strongest tissue is born of injuries we would never choose. Henry Rollins, the former lead singer of the punk band Black Flag, an oft-quoted contemporary writer, once said, scar tissue is stronger than regular tissue. Realize the strength, move on. Allowing struggles to strengthen us in a meaningful way is called resilience. Let's choose that path in whatever way we can. Let's move forward with hope, one step at a time.